You're listening to World of Empowerment Radio. Your station for practical spirituality in a changing world. And here are your hosts, Angel Rose and Ahanu. So this session is prompted by the need to find out about the light at the end of the tunnel because there's... When people die. When people die, yes. Uh, we, we've interviewed many people in the past, Angel Rose, and one in particular comes to mind about a gentleman that had four near-death experiences. And in those near-death experiences, he turned away from the light. But it seems to be a common experience with everybody that there is this light. And the issue that has prompted our emergency session today, following on from Greece, is that this may all be a lie. And our prime question that motivates it is, is this light at the end of the tunnel, is this a trick? Let's give them a little bit more specific details in the sense that I believe it was an article by the wingmakers who said that the light at the end of the tunnel, or the light that people see when they pass on and the tunnel that they go through is really a deception by the archons, who we will ask Source today to define the archons for us. We did ask that, I think, in the past, but we'll do it again today. And that the relatives that we see are really holographic projections, if you will, from the archons, as they're not really our relatives. But that then we're taken to uh, a past life review, and then some archon recycles us back into a body, And their purpose really is to keep feeding off of us because we do know from source that any dark energy is not alive on its own. It needs people with living spirit in order to feed themselves. And that's the reason, by the way, why there is so much war and bloodshed on this planet because it is dark forces feeding off of the electromagnetic energy in bloodshed and they use it for ritual magic and to feed themselves. So we do know this is the ugliest of the ugliest people, but we we do feel it needs to be brought out to the light, if you will, so that we can understand what's really going on. And even though some of this information is not fun to hear, especially when it dispels uh, our illusions about this beautiful light at the end of the tunnel that is filled with love and where people arrive at the end and see either God or Jesus or some saint or being that they have a particular resonance with. The idea is that these may all not be real. Okay, so we're going to explore that today. We're going to go in and ask Source to talk to us about this so that we can have clarity. The other question we're going to get an answer to today is about our relatives, because one of the beautiful motivations for people who especially elderly people who are dying and they know they're dying. It seems that they're looking forward, in a sense, to meeting their perhaps dead husband, dead wife, dead mothers. Yes, yeah, we've often heard that the relatives would come for them. And this is something that they look forward to in that Mm -hmm. sense. And we're going to find out, do they really see their relatives? Because one of these tricks that we're becoming aware of now is that the relatives, possible tricks, is that the relatives may not indeed be their real relatives, that they might be 
archons impersonating. So these are very important things we're going to be dealing with today. We're also going to look at the whole process of awakening and is it different for everybody? Is it is the experience after death different for everybody? And have we been controlled all along and deceived all along? I mean, this is a huge question. Is everything, is absolutely everything, all one huge lie? Now, that can be both horribly scary for people, but also very freeing if we can embrace the implications of it. And we were talking earlier today, Ahanu, about the fact that we see so many lies being exposed now in our world, you know, government lies, banking lies, religious lies. We're looking at sex trades and kidnapping children for sexual black magic rituals and all these things under the guise of these pure religious leaders that and government leaders that are stealing children and performing ceremonies. And yet we've been told throughout our lives that magic, quote-unquote, is bad, that it's Satan. When the truth is, is there's magical elements in life that we've been told not to delve into or explore. But part of the reason for that is they don't want us empowered. Okay, so there's this delusion, this fabrication of reality is, is all coming up for grabs on every level right now. And uh, we're even watching, you know, people who are exposing truth and lies, especially even in pharmaceuticals and vaccines. You know, we're watching holistic doctors who are curing cancers and autistic children being murdered right and left. In America, we had a series of bankers that supposedly were committing suicide, but turns out they were really all murdered. You know, so we're watching this huge, huge exposure right now of all kinds of deception in our world, so much so that you come to the truth where you realize in a way that you can't turn your life over to anybody or anything. And even yesterday, we did interview a lady from Greece and uh, we asked her, because she's on the ground, she's a middle-class person, we asked her what was really happening in Greece, what was it like for her over there? And her first statement to us really was that you cannot rely on your government anymore. You know, that you cannot rely on them to support you, fix you, give you medical care, provide your food, that it's all coming down to human helping human. And it was a wonderful interview. But here again, now we have this phone call from a wonderful gentleman in Cork, and we'll leave him be anonymous. But he called us up two nights ago because he had read this article about from the Wingmakers saying that there was even deception when you die, you know, that you see this light at the end of the tunnel, it's supposed to be so welcoming and peaceful, and that there's a possibility that it's one big, you know, trap to cause you to come back and reincarnate continually. And we do know that if you talk to higher beings, you know, they will always say that per- one of the goals of human life is to get off the wheel of karma. Okay, that's supposed to be the graduation from the earth plane is getting off this karmic wheel. And we've understood it as, you know, working through your karma and forgiving and balancing out any sort of judgments that you might have. And we have heard through other teachers too, uh, like Ashiana Dean, that there is hijacking that goes on on a spiritual level. Even when you come into a body, that there are negative forces who will steal a piece of your soul on your way in to a reincarnation and take you piece of you off into another dimension. So it's this kind of 
ugly potential fact that we're going to explore today. And I hope now people have a really good introduction to what we're trying to achieve. So for those of you who are not familiar with what happens in the Akashic Records, we have hundreds and hundreds of hours and thousands of statements and all kinds of information on our website, worldofempowerment.com, about what the Akashic Records are and types of information that you can get from it. And in fact, we are turning how to read the Akashic Records into a home study course. So watch out for that. That'll be available in the shop also. But our seasoned participants will know the procedures for how these sessions work. But for our newcomers, it's important to point out that in these sessions, Angel Rose is not in a trance and neither is she channeling through any spiritual or psychic entity, spirit, angel or ascended master. She is downstepping the answers to these questions directly from source. And many of you, of course, will be aware that the answers to these types of questions became the basis for Angel Rose's first book in the 10-book Honest to God series called A Time of Change, which is available from atimeofchange.info. Her second book called The Nature of Reality can be ordered from thenatureofreality.info and both can be ordered from amazon.com or requested from most high street bookstores. This session is being recorded and as Angel Rose mentioned earlier, we will not mention the uh, gentleman who originated this, who is with us here today, and it simply ensures the privacy of him as a participant in our session today. But you will receive a copy of the recording as soon as we have finished rendering it as a download. The summary of the session, we call them profundities, they're posted online at worldofempowerment.com and this allows people from around the world to benefit from sources, words and profound guidance. And to date we've collected thousands of hours of this audio, video and the transcripts from these sessions and they are available to members in the archives of the World of Empowerment website at worldofempowerment.com. Now, we do ask you, once we close this session and you've listened to this session today, please do go to worldofempowerment.com and leave your comments about what you've heard and your experiences from the session today. So, Angel Rose, that's the end of the formal introductions to our subject today. It did seem a little bit lengthy, but perhaps was necessary. So I'd like now to ask Angel Rose to say the opening prayer and to begin our session. So just before you start with the questions, Ahanu, uh, I just want to say as I'm saying the prayer that the room is filled with the most beautiful energy and I want to try to describe it because I've never quite seen this before. I feel like I'm actually looking at what look like waves as if you were if you were under the sea and you were looking up at the surface, the way that that looks when you're underwater and you're looking above. But it's energy that I'm looking at now. It's almost like an ocean of energy. And as I'm looking up, there's all these beautiful, connecting, clear little pieces of wave that all connect to each other. And it has like an electric blue outline to the little sections. But it's also filled with this beautiful yellow light. And it's expansive and it's pervasive. So I can't see an end to it, and I can't see a border of it. It just looks like I'm in this ocean of this beautiful energy. And it feels very much elated and happy. 
So I just want to say that's what I'm starting with. Okay, our first question today, Angel Rose. What does Source have to say about the light at the end of the tunnel? That people see when they die. Because <laughs> you know that phrase, light at the end of the tunnel, and people use that a lot. When they're in a bad space, oh, there's got to be light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, which is interesting, isn't it, that they actually use that? Okay. Okay, so what Source is saying is that, in a way, that light is actually something that occurs within the, the brain of a person when a body is dying. All right, that it actually collapses in on itself. So we have to think of vortexes. Okay, that tunnels that people perceive are really vortexes that actually point to either the expansion or the collapse of a life form, okay, or of a consciousness. That's one aspect of it. It's, it is a biological occurrence, okay? Let me look at the vortex for a minute because actually Source is saying that in truth, vortexes are illusory and they actually come from the perception of separation or our belief in time and space. In other words, we do have an idea that to get from point A to point B, you have to travel somewhere, okay? So what Source is saying is it's actually not true. In reality, everything is in the present moment. And there is no time or distance or space. But because our consciousness perceives a limitation in that way that we actually uh, experience is, as if we're traveling someplace. Okay, so that's the first part. Part of that, like it's saying, is, is akin to our nature of having a body and having a brain that begins to implode in on itself when it dies. And so it creates these little vortexes. And actually, Source is saying, the truth is, is, you're made up of millions of vortexes, actually. Your physical body, every cell, every center of a cell is a vortex that connects to a life-giving stream of energy. That's what it's describing the tunnel as, a vortex, that occurs within, from a collapsing within. Okay. Now, that's at physical death. But you can experience tunnels and vortexes with expansions of consciousness as well. And it's reminding me of the session that we did where we were asking Source to define itself. And it gave me the experience of going through a type of a tunnel that was, uh, the sides of it were silver, it was reflective. And I was almost as if I was walking through reflective mirrors, but it was a tunnel and I ended up in this uh, white light place that you can experience vortex energy when you are expanding in your consciousness as well. And people experience vortexes in the physical world on particular land masses. There are intersecting points in land masses that are also vortexes that lead to other dimensional spaces. So vortexes, it's describing the tunnel of light as a vortex experience, okay? So hang on now, because now we're going to question, and I think it's leading me to question, like it just explained, that in a way, vortexes are illusory by their very nature. 
because they imply that there is a distance. There's space, there's time, there's distance. And the truth is, is all realities are present in a singular point of existence, which means they're all here right now. There is no traveling necessary. In that context, all tunnels are illusory. Okay? Give me another question in relation to this, Ahana. Why is the light there in the first place? Yeah, why is it there? Okay, well, source answer to that is because we perceive time and space. And we perceive distances. We perceive different locations. Another way to explain that is how many light years are we from the sun, for example, okay? In travel time, uh, when, a, when a rocket goes up and explores the moon, you know, we perceive that we have a distance to travel, okay, to get there. And we also perceive that extraterrestrials with their spacecraft can go these distances in a blink of an eye because they fold space-time. But perhaps the truth is, is they actually know that there is no space-time. Okay. So why is it there at all? Okay, like I said, it's saying that it is based on the, the current human biological condition and consciousness. The tunnel of light is there because the brain or the body collapses inward at death. It's almost like a vacuum effect, actually. It's kind of like, if you can imagine that when you die, you implode on yourself and you go, you know, you take all your particles of your spirit and you, as a vacuum, you suck it out and you draw yourself out. Okay, so I think this is actually a good lead into, in that process, do we get hijacked? by negative forces. I think that might be a good lead-in. Is that okay? We'll go ahead and ask that. What I do hear Source saying is, yeah, there are many entities that are more than happy to, you know, steal your spiritual life force on your quote-unquote way out. This is also true when people have out-of-body experiences. You know, we can... Just point back to Robert Monroe's original work, Journeys Out of the Body, where he started leaving his body consciously. And he did find himself in some very dark places and meeting some very ugly entities who would have been more than happy to steal him, steal him, basically. What Source is saying is the universe is full of all kinds of entities, you know, magnificent light beings, uh, horrible dark beings, beings of low consciousness. It's all waveforms. All of this is vibrations and waveforms. You yourself have a signature, sources say, and that identifies you as you. You have a particular frequency and vibration. Okay, it's the same throughout the universe. If you could see it energetically, you would be looking at a huge pool of all sorts of different frequencies. Okay, so when someone's on their way out, depending on how they die, uh, if their experience is, let's say, traumatic for them, they may encounter some beings that are there that would 
love to feed off of that person's traumatic spirit. But there's also a lot of protection. Because Source is saying that even though those entities might be there to try to capture soul energy or spirit, there is also many, many higher beings uh, that protect personal spirits on their quote-unquote way to their other worlds. So it is not a given that every single being gets taken and used. All right, so it's not a given. That's one of the reasons we're all given a holy guardian angel at birth, sources reminding us, is because it recognizes that we do need some sort of uh, looking after on our experiences. Precisely because we have forgotten our true presence. So we're given help. We're given help not just through holy guardian angels. We're given help through uh, other benevolent spirits as well. If I were to ask Source, what's the percentage of souls that actually are kidnapped? Let's just say disassembled or used for other purposes if their own particular solar spirit energy is weak. Well, Source is saying 50 to 60%. That's a lot. 50 to 60% of souls that are weak. And what I mean by a weak soul is either a soul that is very young and has not built up a strong life force energy, or people who, let's say, uh, have used heavy drugs and have weakened themselves, or people who die traumatically, suicidal people who kill themselves. These people are all subject or vulnerable, let's just say, to having some of their soul or spirit energy taken on their way to a better place. Well, we can look at that and say that some of the reason why we see ghosts, ghosts are kind of shells. Sources defining ghosts as shells of souls that have not made it to another place. So I'll let you go with the next question because we still haven't talked about what actually happens once somebody does get the, to the end of a tunnel on the way there. Okay. I just want to comment too. Sorry about that. But what it's showing me is that the place where people, souls could get taken out the most is when they first die. Because there is a quote unquote space in the illusion between the point of death and the light. There's a space there. And most beings would be taken out there before they even get to the tunnel. Okay? Because these dark spirits are very earthbound. The ones that mess with us are very earthy. You know, they want to stay in the levels close to the earth because they feed off of humans and they try to have some semblance of a life through human beings. I find that, while you're writing, Ahano, I find that an interesting answer that 50 to 60% of vulnerable spirits, now we're not saying all spirits, so we have to be clear, vulnerable spirits uh, do get compromised in some way because it does kind of point to really being conscious of your own energy and what you're doing with yourself. 
okay? Especially because with drug use, for example, you are altering brain chemicals. And when you die, your brain implodes, okay? Your, your physical body implodes. And what I mean by that is the cells kind of turn inward. They go into their, their center vortex, okay? They go in. So if the quality of those cells are compromised and weakened, then that does affect how much life force particles you're gathering to yourself on your way out. Does that make sense? You mentioned, Angel Rose, that you wanted to talk more about when somebody actually gets there across the divide, like through the tunnel of light, as it were. But I'd like to suggest that we have actually covered that extensively in a session that we did called The Planes of Existence After Death that people can find on the Word of Empowerment archives. Our line of questions is more about what happens at the point of death and as people follow that tunnel of light. And the next question is about the traps. Now, you've mentioned about various beings and entities and so on that are waiting there, as it were, to capitalize on the vulnerabilities that people may have at that point of death. What we want to know now is, do people really see their relatives after death, or are they what are being called archons? All right, there's a few questions in that, but I do want to go back just for a moment because in relation to the questions we're asking on is the tunnel of light a fabrication, I'm getting a no. I'm getting no that that's actually a process, a vortex process that's within all of us, okay? So I'm not seeing that that's invented. It's illusory on the, in the relationship to the fact that we believe in time and space and distance and there has to be a process to get from point A to point B. It's illusory in that context, but it isn't made up by the archons. I don't see that, okay? So I first want to go in and ask Source about the archons. We did address that, but let's go in and ask Source again to define these entities. So what I'm getting right away is they are a artificial, fabricated presence. That's not to say that they don't have an effect, but they of themselves are not alive. That's what I'm trying to say. They're not alive in the sense of they don't have... So here's the, the picture Source is giving me. It's almost like as if they're made of dust and they build up a presence based on energy that they take from beings that are alive. They're not alive and they're not real in that sense. So I have to explain it. At their basic organic nature, they aren't organic, in other words, okay? However, we have to understand that they get created from hatred. They get created from all of the, the hatred and the judgments and the competitive perceptions we have and uh, any sort of a lack consciousness, any sort of a greed, any judgment we place on others all go into making up these entities that actually are not real in the sense of they're certainly not created from a God force energy, which is total love. So they can become very powerful because there's a lot of hatred in the world, okay? 
And as I mentioned in the introduction, you know, that hatred, you know, people use dark rituals to bring more of that power to themselves. So archons are an artificial type of intelligence that only have their power as long as they keep hatred alive and fear and greed. So that first needs to be said. Okay, so do they have an agenda? They have an agenda because they do not maintain an existence unless they keep us fearful, okay, unless they they keep the bloodshed going on on the earth, the wars, the... I just want to interject for people who think that this is only happening at the level of governments. It's not. It's happening at the level of individuals because we see that in in the United States recently with all this craziness about the Confederate flag and, you know, race against race because some people were, black people were killed in a church. All of a sudden it becomes a race war. So people still have hatred and segregation within themselves. And this is exactly what beings like archons want. They want that. So we do contribute to it. We create it. And this is why it's so massive. It's massive. You can look back in history and see this particular patterning going on for thousands and thousands of years. It's not new. So I'm just trying to get across the point of how huge these negative presences have become. Years of research, thousands of profound statements, hundreds of sessions, miles of transcripts, months of listening, a vast archive of personal power and spiritual awareness awaits you. Join worldofempowerment.com today, a members-only website of practical spirituality for your fast-changing world. worldofempowerment.com All right, so the next question would be, are they at the end of the tunnel waiting for people, disguising themselves as people's relatives? Is that really what we're asking? You know, what I'm hearing Source say is there is a limitation in terms of where they can be. Uh, I find this interesting. I know we're kind of talking in, in double realities here today because on the one hand, Source is ex explaining things to us in terms of journeying and space and time and location. But on the other hand, it's telling us that those things are perceptions in our consciousness. Okay, so just to be clear, but we're, we're answering this question as if you've traveled through the tunnel. It doesn't look like you can be picked up while you're in the tunnel. I don't get, I don't see that because it's an inner process that's happening. When you arrive at this new location, there are some negative beings that could be there and that would be very dependent on yourself in terms of who you are as a consciousness and how you've lived your life. It's actually part of the reason why, okay, the whole life review that happens to people when they die is also an inner process. That is part of the collapsing in of yourself. And I have to be clear, when I'm saying collapsing in, I'm not, I do not mean annihilation. I mean, it's a process of going from an external physical self to an internal self. You're collapsing inward to your internal self. And you have a videotape of your, all your experiences are in those cells. Everything you've done, you know, your cells are 
they're kind of like a photosynthesis process. They record all of your life experiences. Every single detail, every single minute is in the cell. When the cell starts to implode, that information unravels like a videotape playing itself out. That's really your life review, okay, where you're actually seeing the whole record of yourself. Now, if you've not lived your life in such a great way, if you're somebody who's caused a lot of damage or intentional harm toward others, you do create a vulnerability in your soul. And it is possible for these negative energies when you come out the other side, some of those beings are there and they will misguide you, okay, and talk to you about what you have to make up for and tell you why you have to return. That's their game. Let me tell you why you have to make up for what you did in this lifetime. You got to go back and do it again. In fact, they enjoy convincing you that you have to go back and experience exactly what you did to somebody else. That's a lie, actually. It's a lie. Okay, but there are many people who believe in the law of karma and believe that this is exactly how it works. Whatever you've done to somebody in another lifetime, you'll have to come back and go through that type of experience yourself in order to balance the karma. That is definitely archon lies. Because the truth is, the truth is, is when you have a true meaning, a true meeting, excuse me, with source, you may see the negative things you've done, but what source does is also show you your loving self. And it is true that you can have an experience of total love when you're through the other side of source and continue on advancing as a soul and as a being in other dimensions. You don't necessarily have to come back and go through ugliness. You know, when we say that all is forgiven in source, we mean it. It's like, uh, I'm, say, this is so hard to find language for what I'm seeing because I'm experiencing what source is telling me as I'm talking to you about it. But imagine that, again, let's go back to this ocean wave of energy I saw in the beginning. That was all source energy. Imagine you're under the ocean and the ocean is source. Okay, when you get immersed into the ocean, things are dissolved. Things are purified. All right, so you're shown love and you're given love. In fact, we know from our other conversations with source that this is all that source ever really does is give people more and more opportunities to realize love. Same is true after you die. You get absorbed. And those who make it there get absorbed into the love of God. All right. And they continue from that presence. Okay. All is forgiven, in other words. But an archon energy will convince you that you got to go back and be recycled and go through harm that you've placed on other people. Now, I want you to consider why these are lies. They're lies because if you go back and do that and you go through a lifetime where you are now suffering, you're now, let's say, being murdered, you're experiencing torture, what does that, what kind of energy does that actually produce? It only produces 
more trauma. It produces more of the same sort of horror that these beings feed off of. And so they're delighted to get you, if you're vulnerable at a particular point, and convince you. Now, religious dogmas can contribute, by the way, to you being convinced that you've got that you've sinned. This whole concept of sinning and having to be punished for sins is the same idea. If you're someone who believes in those things and you feel guilt about things you've done, you're very easy to convince that at some point you're going to have to go back and make amends. That is part of the deception that can occur on the other side. Now, do you really meet your relatives? Let's answer that. Sometimes you actually do meet your relatives. Again, depending on if you're, I'm going to use the word good enough soul. Okay, you will be met by loving family and friends. And that that can be very real. They will come for you. Can there be illusions of that? There can be. Just like there's there's illusions of people who say, uh, like, for example, if you are somebody who believes in Jesus and you cross over and you're met by Jesus, it can either be real or an illusion. The illusion part would be if that being starts to show you sins, okay, or if that being points out, you know, you didn't do this right, didn't do that right, you have to go back. Any being who tells you you have to go back and redo it is a liar. That's how you tell. Because any divine entity that's true will always embrace you in love and you're free. You're free to continue on as you will. That's the two discriminations. Okay, our next question. As we move through the process of ascension, do we leave the negative entities and all that evil stuff and the karma and the reincarnation and all of that behind us. Let's see what Source has to say about that. What Source is saying is we have to respect what we are in terms of what we're made of. Yeah, we're, we're made in the image of Source, which means we're free and we have entitlement to freedom, first of all. That means that there is no one who's going to come and rescue us. We aren't going to be rescued. We have to really get that. What happens in cosmic cycles is there are waves of energy that are, that are filled with light that activate the DNA. But that DNA activation is personal to everyone, and not everyone experiences it the same way. So can it do a lot to activate higher centers of the brain? Uh, with that activation, bring in abilities that are God-given abilities. Basically wake them up and turn them on. Yes, that can happen. That is happening. It's been happening. Okay, so the new influxes of energy that come in do assist that process. It's kind of like we're going to use the analogy of radiation, but not that this light is radiation because it's not what Source is saying. But it is saying that people can have different effects from radiation. Radiation is a faster frequency than our biologies are used to. So for some people who cannot integrate that frequency, 
it will turn to mutations and some people get sick and some get some die. Others take radiation and it heals parts of them. So we have to think of waves, cosmic waves like this, that their potential is to awaken, but in the awakening is a biological activation and purification. So you'll see people, some, some people will actually get sick because they have to be detoxified. Okay, some people won't achieve that detoxification and they'll, they'll leave their bodies. So when we talk about these waves that come in, there's, there's no savior wave that's going to all of a sudden abolish all the toxicity on the planet. Okay, does it have the potential to destroy a lot of uh, negative things? Yes, it does. It also has the potential to transform negative things. Collectively, what is happening is that the percentage of light that is coming in is increasing in these particular openings. So that means that there is a greater percentage of people who can be activated, be transformed, a lot more darkness can be transformed. A lot of dark beings that really do want to change. We have to keep that in mind, you know, because we have to be careful not to be in judgment of dark beings because Source isn't. Source doesn't destroy dark beings. Source offers dark beings just as much love as it does anybody else. We have to be careful that we're not in the judgment process because what Source would like is, you know, more realization of love for dark beings as well. There, Source would love it if dark energies could understand how much they're loved so that there could be transformation. I think in answer to this question, the job is that we don't judge, that we don't have a desire that dark beings be cast off someplace and, you know, left behind and we, we're all going above them all. We need to not be there because it's all of us, okay? The same gifts are offered to all of us. So will there be any more darkness? Yeah, you could still see some more, but the potential for more love to be realized is greater than ever. And that's what true ascension actually is, is when you come to the place where you understand that all at the highest level, there's just love and more love and more love and more acceptance and more innocence and you know that's what ascension actually is and it's a state of being and a state of consciousness our final question today Angel Rose what happens to those that have already been reborn through the Archon energy yeah that's a good question um, okay good question source has given me the word resurrection okay that um, we might want to offer them resurrection in our consciousness so that they can be helped. If we have to use the word save in any context, we could say that collectively we all have the ability to resurrect people who have been damaged because their souls were vulnerable. So Source is saying offer them resurrection inside yourself, in your, in your heart, you know, because 
it's given me the word unfortunate. It's an unfortunate circumstance when spirits and souls are vulnerable that they get taken advantage of by darker energies. So it's looking for a type of a biological resurrection inside the cells of these people. Because, you know, what I'm seeing a picture of is the the downtrodden, the uh, dark, unfortunate beings who didn't know any better and were compromised, which can happen to any one of us at any given point. So compassion is being called for as well as offering them the resurrection of their bodies. And we're not talking about bodies after they die. There is no resurrection for bodies once they're dead. It's only for the living. Okay? So what about souls that are already gone and been transmuted into that dark energy? Kind of talking about them being reborn into bodies. That's what the question was really about. But let's look at it on a soul level where they're just kind of taken. Okay? And used as feed, right? For negative energies? Okay. See, it's the same answer, you know, that Source gives us about, let's say Archons have stolen someone's soul and they've reabsorbed that soul into themselves to give themselves more power. The answer is the same. Source is calling for compassion for all beings, actually, who don't know that they're loved. I mean, the whole problem seems to be a forgetting about what source energy is and about the love that it encompasses. So even source would still offer archons who have done that forgiveness. And so that soul actually becomes part of an archon now, right? But the soul that's taken still would have a certain amount of its own light. And as long as it still has a certain amount of its own light, even if it's become part of an archon, it still has the potential to be awakened further. The image I'm getting is, let's say there's only one spark of light in a dark entity. Because there is a spark of light, I mean, that's actually what gives archons their presence as they're taking light from, as it's not their own light, but they're taking light from other souls. Point is, there is light there. As long as there is a potential spark of light, there is a potential for resurrection and transformation and that's what we always have to remember okay that that god spark is still inside who's ever being fed upon does that make sense and it's our job really to hold that in our minds you know and not be looking at the dark part because we either weaken further or we strengthen so the conclusion that i've come to from these questions today is that yes there are negative energies out there who would love to capture a soul or hijack somebody a spirit but it it seems to be only affecting those people who are uh, extremely vulnerable in some way in other words if you've lived a life out of integrity for most of your life okay or you died traumatically and your death is a shock there are moments Uh, where you're vulnerable to that capture. But it feels to me that the majority of people do get through their own tunnel. And in that, again, that your own tunnel of light is really a process of the collapse of the center of the cell in a vortex. 
Okay, so the archons do not make up a tunnel of light. It's a biological process that happens. And that I do see there's plenty of help. There's plenty of light beings. There's there's an, your angels. You have people, you know, pulling you toward where you need to go. But I'll also comment that this is why it is important to pray for the dead, you know, especially when they die, those moments after death. It's very important that you visualize a safe passage to heaven, you know, that you support them on their journey. And many traditions believe in some sort of period there where that's very important. And even people who, after they die, I mean, prayers help. They help. They're, they're spiritual life force energy. But, you know, for the majority, uh, the big picture to me is that Source is above all of this stuff. And Source is very much uh, a loving presence and that our judgments are the things that keep us in these lower processes. And we have to be careful, you know, especially when we're dealing with dark entities, that we do not wish them destruction and harm. Instead, Source would reinforce whatever spark of light there is in them and point them toward an ability to resurrect. And, you know, I'll compare it to years ago when I was using a machine that could register, you know, diseases and bacteria five years before they became physical in the body. They would measure the life force energy available in a person to heal. And it was only when you got down to, you know, four or five percent of your life force energy that it was iffy if you were going to recover. So it's a comparison that, but, you know, sources seems to be saying if there's only one spark of life force a person can be resurrected. And I think we have to remember that so that we're not doing this judging and dividing and separating on any level. So my conclusion is, are there dark beings out there who need life force energy to live? Yes, there are. Could they hijack us at a particular point? Yes, they could. But we also have all these other light beings that are there to help us as well. And that ultimately, love is still the answer. That's a super summary, Angel Rose. And uh, I'd like to just mention too, and not to sound too much like a commercial with it, but when you mentioned about prayer, we did a session perhaps a year ago now on prayer. And what we found out from that session was that all prayer does provide a kind of spiritual impetus. It gives a newly deceased person, a spiritual thrust that allows them to get through that most vulnerable point at the point of death. Yeah. So this really is very, very important. And if anybody would like to get hold of that, do go on worldofempowerment.com and find that session on prayer. It is very, very informative. But this actually completes the picture for it now because we realize that there is a vulnerability there just at that point of death. And this is where the prayers are really, really important. Actually, we've seen how ancient peoples did recognize that in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, for example, or the Egyptian Book of the Dead. They very much are aware of the importance of prayer at that point in time. But heretofore, we didn't understand what it actually did. It's us that can provide that kind of energetic whoosh for them to actually get through that vulnerable period. That's really super. Okay, that brings us to the end of our questions today. And as is traditional with us, we're going to read now the summary of what we've covered today. The tunnel of light is not a trick. It is a spontaneous, 
biological process of implosion within the brain and body of the person that has died. The physical body is made up of billions of vortexes, of which the tunnel of light is a vortex within the centre of the cells. For those that are dying or near death, the tunnel of light is a vortex experience. The space and time between the point of death and the experience of God's love is in our own perception. Along with protective beings that are present at the point of death, there can also be some negative entities that are more than happy to steal the dying person's spiritual life force. If one's death experience is traumatic, there can be lower entities trying to capture the person's spiritual potential, but equally there are beneficent beings ready to help the person cross over. We are also given help through our own guardian angels after death. 50-60% to 60 of souls that are weak or vulnerable can be hijacked after death. Drug use can weaken the soul's thrust through the tunnel of light. Ghosts are shells of souls that have not made it to their new place. Prayers are a valuable support for the souls of the dying. The universe is full of all kinds of entities, from magnificent light beings to horrible dark ones. A dark entity's only source of sustenance is the suffering of humanity. Archons are an artificial fabricated presence that have no life force of their own. Archons are not organically alive. They are made of dust that builds up a presence from harvesting the negative energies of other life forms. Archons build up a presence from the hatred, judgments, fear, greed and competitive perceptions of humanity. They also take energy from our suffering, dying and death process. Because there's so much hatred and suffering in the world, Archons have become very powerful. Archons keep their power only as long as they keep hatred, fear and greed alive in our consciousness. The subsistence of the Archons is not new and is evidenced by the millions of years of bloodshed on Earth. Archons enjoy convincing you that you must return and reincarnate to balance negative karma. The idea that you must always reincarnate is an Archon lie that produces more trauma, horror and suffering which feeds their existence. The idea of punishment and guilt is an archon construct to ensure reincarnation of the human body. If a spiritual being points out your sins and suggests karmic retribution, you can be sure they are not a love-based being. Any spiritual being that tells you that you have to reincarnate to relive an action is suspect. Reincarnating to experience negative karma only provides more food for the Archons. God's source only offers 
forgiveness and wants us to offer it to others as well. Forgiveness erases karma. When you have a true meeting with God's source, there is no need to reincarnate into suffering. Rather, you are only met with forgiveness. As Source shows you only love after the Tunnel of Light experience, to reincarnate and go through suffering again is not the highest form of reconciliation. When you get immersed in the ocean of love of that that is God's Source, everything is purified and forgiven. Rather than karmic reincarnation to purge sinfulness, Source only gives more and more opportunities to realize love. We must not be in judgment of dark beings because Source isn't. Source offers dark beings the same love as anyone else. Even one spark of light in a dark soul is sufficient for its resurrection and transformation. Source calls for compassion for all beings that have forgotten that they are loved. All negative energies have the potential for awakening, resurrection and transformation. Source is not in judgment of darkness. Love can still transform dark beings. There is no one that is coming to rescue us. There are many cosmic cycles filled with waves of energy that activate the DNA. Higher centers of the brain are activated through influxes of higher cosmic energies. These influxes help us awaken our higher states of consciousness. The percentage of light is increasing, helping us to transform the darkness. The potential of cosmic waves is to awaken. But in the awakening, there is a biological activation and purification. Some people will leave their bodies in an awakening cycle, while others will move into a higher vibrational frequency. Everyone has a vibrational signature that identifies themselves. The potential for more love to be realized is greater now than ever. True ascension is a state of consciousness where you understand there is only love. There is no resurrection for those that are dead. Resurrection is only for those that are living. Sometimes people experience vortexes at land locations on earth that we refer to as portals. All realities are present in a single point of existence. You can meet your loving family and friends when you pass on, but you can also meet illusions of them. The life review is held in the cells of the human body that unravels after death. We have to respect that we are free. This means we ascend or descend through our own consciousness. The realization and actualization of more and more love is true ascension. We either weaken others or we strengthen one another. So that brings us to the end of our session today. I'm going to ask Angel Rose to come back now and close the records.
All right. Thank you, everyone. Remember to enter your comments on worldofempowerment.com. We appreciate you all being here and participating. We love you all so much. Until next week, blessings from myself, Ahanu, and from Angel Rose. You have been listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing world.